And I'm Caitlin. You're listening to the Real Women Real Life Podcast, where we dive into personal development. We are passionate about living our best life and sharing with others that it's not about right or wrong. It's about being real. We are all on this journey together. So grab your favorite cup of tea, settle in and join us while we share our experiences with personal growth and all the shit that comes with it. What are we talking about today, Caitlin? We're talking about dialogue, internal dialogue, dialogue with others, just dialogue, words, words. exchanged words, <laughs> exchanged words between self and others. I like it. You know, this is actually making me wonder what the etymology of dialogue is. Are we Googling? I am Googling the etymology of dialogue. So it's, it's a combination of Greek and Latin. So it starts with the Greek word dia, which means through, and legain, which is speak. And so it essentially means through speak. There you go. You're welcome. Dialogue is experience through speak. Yes right? Like that's how we communicate our experience is through dialogue. Yes. Which is like exactly. nail on the head of what we're talking about. Yes. That's exactly right. what we're digging into today. So, so Caitlin and I were having a chat earlier before this episode about how our human experience is just such an interesting thing. And we experience the world through our senses so we hear things, we smell things, we taste things, we touch things, and we also have emotional experiences. So we, we, we see, smell, hear, or taste, or touch something, and we have a response that comes with that, some sort of an emotional response. It could be nostalgia, happiness, joy, sadness, anger, frustration, annoyance, whatever. Fear, <laughs> fear, fear or love. And, and these experiences then come out through our dialogue. Yeah, I want to backtrack a little bit. I want to just touch on the fact that is dialogue, dialogue is made up of speech, which is words. So I feel like written word is definitely a form of dialogue. That's a good point. Because to write a letter to somebody, you know, there's a lot of times where speaking directly to a person is really fucking challenging. So yeah. to, to utilize that alternative form of speech, like for people who don't actually have a voice, um, written dialogue is definitely an effective form. Only, and this came up as I read the definition of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the noun of dialogue is conversation between two or more people as a feature of a book, a play, or a movie. That's noun. And as a verb is to take part in a conversation or discussion to resolve a problem. Hmm. Something interesting to throw out there. Love it. I find that interesting that the definition talks about resolving a problem. I feel like the the to alter the definition slightly instead of to communicate a problem, I feel like it would 
it feels better to say that dialogue is to take part in a conversation or discussion to share an experience. Yes. I like that. Right. Because that could be good. That could be bad. That could be, well, I mean, quote unquote bad, but like that could be a problem. That could be um, excitement. That could be, it's just like dialogue is that form of communicating your experience to another person. Yes. Kind of like bantering back, whether it's constructive or not. Yes. Ooh, I like that. You just hit on a really good point, whether it's constructive or not. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a way to have dialogue with another person that actually adds to your experience. So if I'm sharing my experience with you and it's adding value to your experience. So, and, and I think of the example of like someone telling a really good joke or telling a fascinating story and you're just sitting there hanging on every word like, Oh, what happened next? Oh, that's great. So it's actually adding value to your own experience. And then there's mm-hmm. the, the dialogue that's, that's taking away from your experience or adding a challenge to your experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone saying, I can't believe you did that. Why are you such an idiot? That's not, that's yeah. not going to get you anywhere. It's definitely necessary when entering into situations that open up for alternative perspectives. Mm. Like you said, when you're talking to somebody and they go, well, I can't believe you said that. That opens opportunity for a dialogue of, oh, well, this is why I said that. This was my experience. I understand Mm. that it may be different from your experience, but if you want the answer to your question, why did I say that? Here's the dialogue. Yes. Ooh, and see that right there is an example of healthy dialogue. Yes, which is really challenging when we're human beings and we can be so easily triggered. <laughs> yes. Somebody goes, why did you do that? Why did you say that? Uh, an automatic response for a lot of us is to defend. Yeah. Because well, I'm right, you. bitch. Because I wanted I to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? How, yeah. how could you not understand me? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'll say <laughs> I what I want. Fuck. I, don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's a thing. And, like, and when we talk about in terms of relationships, creating healthy dialogue, I think one of the things I would say is really important to just always keep in mind is – knowing that at the root of it, dialogue is sharing an experience. So, so someone says or does something that upsets you rather than falling into the emotional turmoil of it and taking this like opportunity to lash out or spew venom, as I like to call it, emotional mm-hmm. poison, you, you take a pause and say, listen, what you said or what you did has really upset me and I really want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it even means taking a moment. Like sometimes you have to go and like gather yourself because the emotion's too strong and like anything you say might be hurtful to the other person, possibly even intentionally so. Um, So I think it's really important to to recognize just like when those emotions come up, how is that going to impact your dialogue? 
So we know that dialogue is sharing an experience. If you're going to share an experience, do you want to share it in a way that the person can understand? Or do you want to share it in a way that is attempting to be hurtful? Mm. Yeah. It's really reflecting on, you know, it's like one of the hardest things is to not take shit personally. Mm. And I think that taking that time to reflect on, okay, if I'm not going to take this personally, who do I actually want to be in response to this experience? Yeah. Do I want to be the person that's spitting venom because fuck you, how dare you say that shit? Or (laughs) do you want to take that time and be like, okay, this is really hitting a nerve, but I respect the relationship that we have and I want to communicate to you how that's affected me. Yeah. Yeah. In order to peel that onion. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love the two things that you just said. One, respecting the relationship. I think that is a huge factor. So when we talk about creating dialogue, especially healthy dialogue, coming back to that respect. So Mm -hmm. as long as you are grounded in that respect for the relationship, maybe not even in that moment, respect for the other person, because depending Mm -hmm. on what happened, it's understandable. We sometimes lose respect momentarily because an expectation has been violated or not met. Or or we've been, or we feel we've been disrespected by that person or that comment or that experience. Yes, actually. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, as long as you still have respect for the relationship itself, it's a lot easier to kind of fall into that. Like, okay, like what you just, like your exact words, out of respect for this relationship. Like, I love that. That's, that's a good takeaway. And yeah. also peeling the onion. Mm-hmm. I love that. So much of the work that we do, whether it's coaching, whether it's just having these conversations about something like dialogue, personal growth, personal development, just self-improvement, all of that is, is peeling the onion. We are human beings that are full of these different layers. And sometimes we get triggered. Most of the time we get emotional. I know I do. Mm, (laughs) And it's like the onion is the best analogy because it is when you peel those layers, the emotions come, the tears will come. Like it's normal. Yes. I am in full agreement. The peeling the onion is a constant Mm. in personal growth and personal development. And, and I think it's another one of those things to, to stay grounded in. So you stay grounded in your respect for the relationship and also stay grounded in the idea that you're peeling an onion. So when an emotion comes up or a trigger, you can, work towards digging into what is really happening here. What, Mm. what is the reason that I am feeling this upset and what is the meaning I might be making out of it? What, what do I, what might I be thinking that this person is thinking of me that I feel disrespected? What is the lesson in this? Cause that's, I mean, I feel like that's such a massive part of why we're here, right? Like if we're not learning about ourselves, if we're not learning about our experience and, you know, how we show up in the world, 
what are we doing? We're rushing through life. We're not thinking about it. We're just going, doing the same shit over and over every single day and having the exact same experience every day for the rest of our lives. Oh, how lame. (laughs) But it's, it is, it's challenging. Like there's a lot of emotion that gets stirred up. There's a lot of, yeah. (laughs) Some days it's not fun. Yeah. But it's worth it. Totally worth it. Totally Mm. worth it. And that's so true. And you know, um, when we talked about, you know, peeling the onion, and I know we were saying this earlier, peeling the onion, hold back the tears, because when you peel the onion, tears come, it's the same. When you're doing this personal work, like, I mean, sometimes it just sucks, man. And like, people always say like, oh yeah, personal growth, sunshine and rainbows. You're going to become this great, strong, amazing person and la, 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 la. And it's like, that's all true. Yeah. (laughs) And And (laughs) in the process, (laughs) while you're getting to that other side of the rainbow, as it were, it sucks, man. You're standing in a pile of your own shit. Yeah. You've seen movies where they go on a journey. Like the ending is always amazing. Like the first, the one that just came to mind was the never ending story. Like that is- I was just thinking that too. (laughs) The swamp of sadness. That was the exact visual that popped into my head. I can't with the horse. I know. One of the most emotionally, like pulling the heartstrings, (sighs) just almost traumatizing movie. Yes. But and it, what a metaphor for life. Oh, you know, crazy. Yeah. Like, perfect. Perfect. I fucking love that. <laughs> that was the same one that popped into your head. Yes. I will never, ever get that image out of my head. And literally, actually, I'm not even joking. When I'm in like a particularly low moment or I'm really challenging myself with something, I do totally think of that scene. <sighs> Like, because it is such a metaphor for life, honestly. Like, having an emotional moment here. Oh, Caitlin. <laughs> See, you guys, okay. So, if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen The Never Ending Story, first of all, go fucking watch that movie. Yeah. Because, seriously. But there's a scene, and you know what I love about that scene, and it's so true in life, is when he's having the chat with his horse and he says, You can't let the sadness of the swamp get to you. You have to care. <laughs> you have to care. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Caitlin's emotional, guys. This is real shit. I am shit. an emotional person. <laughs> this is real shit. It doesn't take much. <laughs> As that movie okay. does. Oh, it's so good oh. though, right? It just tears at your heartstrings. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. Oh, done. It's happening. Done. It's everybody's homework. Whoever's listening to this episode, <laughs> go watch Never Ending Story. Oh. And it, think about the dialogue between Atreyu and Artex. That was good dialogue. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. And just like mm. the parallels between, and there's so many movies, like any movie where there's a hero going on a journey like that's Mm. fucking life that is you that is every single person who's making their way through whatever life is for them yeah there's going to be moments where you you 
say to yourself, like, I fucking can't do this. Yeah. And it's okay. Take a moment and remind yourself of all of the reasons you can. Yeah. Have that dialogue with yourself because it's happening. Like, it's all happening in your head. Yeah. For most of us. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a moment. (laughs) Yes, though, I completely agree. And... And I think, and you know, I think it's also important. So as we talk about dialogue and we talk about taking that pause to check in with yourself, to, to determine what is causing, you know, whatever emotional response might be coming up and thinking about how you're communicating to the other person, if you're communicating in a way that they can receive it, uh, thinking about all of those things. And as we're, as we're talking about metaphors of movies, I want to just offer the reminder that we always see this stuff in the movies. And also, the movies kind of gloss it over a little bit. We're not going to have a montage and everything fine by the end of 30 minutes. So it is. It's quick in the movies. It's quick. And I think sometimes because we are such a, a streaming society these days and we're all living on television shows and movies and series and things like that, I think somehow we've convinced ourselves that the, there's supposed to be this quick turnaround. You might feel shit for an entire year. Yeah. And, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're doomed. And you can still find times and ways to appreciate the things that are good. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's another conversation for another episode. It's just, I just want to offer that. So when we say peel the onion, check in with yourself, check your dialogue, all of those things. Yeah. It's not, it's not always quick guys. Like sometimes it sucks for a while. Yeah. It's like, it keeps happening, right? Like it's not just one movie, your life, you're going to go through those experiences over and over again in different situations and different scenarios. And you're going to have different challenges Maybe you go through the same challenge a few times and think you've gotten through it, but it's, that's the exciting part about life is there's no script. Yeah. It's just happening. Yeah. It just is. It just is. It just is. Mm. So talking about internal dialogue, (laughs) this is such a good one. So, and this is something that we had a big chat about before we got on the episode today is internal dialogue. So Caitlin and I both have our own brand of challenges with our internal dialogue. And, and I fully believe that the way you talk to yourself is going to speak a lot to how you talk to other people. Um, Mm. Especially if you're constantly mean to yourself and you're saying bad things about yourself to yourself. And it's so important to check that. The same way that we're talking about checking in while you're in a conversation with somebody else. And I really think this is hammering in that respect for the relationship. If you respect your relationship mm. with yourself, then yeah. you'll be mindful of your dialogue. And we talked about people who don't have internal dialogue. Which was mind-blowing to, to find out. And I really would like to gain more clarity and understanding of what that experience is like for people who do not have an internal dialogue, because it's almost like there's another version of me, like just hanging out in my head and we have conversations. Sounds crazy, but 
it's yeah. there. <laughs> it's well, and to a lot of us, it actually sounds normal. It is. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? Like to the, to an individual that doesn't have the internal dialogue, like to hear that people actually have conversations with themselves, that might sound crazy and vice versa. Like, how do you manage through life without having conversations <laughs> with yourself? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's- if there are, if, if anyone out there is listening and you don't have conversations with yourself, if you do not have a voice inside your head, if you are one of those people who, as I understand it, only sees things in their head. Mm-hmm. So they have visual, like a strong visual cortex. So you see things, you see shapes, you see pictures, you don't actually hear a voice in your head. Please write to us. Yeah. And tell us what that's like. I'm dying to know. I'm so curious. Yeah. I have so many questions. I would love yeah. to have an interview with somebody that has that experience because I love understanding and knowing more about things that I don't know anything about. Yes, same. I, I love and them. so if anyone is out there, we would love to interview you if you don't have internal dialogue. And I think this would be especially useful if anyone out there who like Caitlin and I are coaches because coaching mm-hmm. someone without an internal dialogue, everything I've been trained on <clears throat> involves internal dialogue. So yeah. this brings a whole new perspective on even how to coach people. It's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so I would love to have a follow-up episode on how people without internal dialogue can do their own internal self-checks and create healthy dialogue between themselves and other people. Because for, for those of us like Caitlin and I with internal dialogue, the easiest way we've found to improve our dialogue with others is to first improve our dialogue with ourselves. And so if you don't have conversations with yourself, that might not work the same. I feel like so much of processing my emotions and my experiences happens within that internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's very I'm the same. Yeah. Do those, do those self-checks for those of you with internal dialogue. Do those self-checks. And you had such a fun example that you were using earlier, Caitlin, that it was like the fire drill. <laughs> um, it's like when you have an emotional response to something, it's almost like that in itself is a trigger to pay attention. It's like a fire alarm going off. Like I'm feeling this thing, fire alarms going off. Our immediate response is like freak the fuck out and run away or do something. But with those emotions, it's not necessarily that a fire is going off. It's just a recognition to pay attention to the emotion and to stop ourselves from that immediate response. There's like that sensory self-check. So Mm going through your senses, like name three things that you can see, name two things that you can hear. I don't know what the numbers are, but you check through your senses so that you really ground yourself in the moment. And then you can say, well, I don't smell smoke. I don't hear anybody else freaking out about this fire. I don't see any fire. So doing that with your emotional responses gives you the opportunity to self-check and then to respond in a healthier way than to just freak out. (laughs) Yes. I love that so much. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because it it makes me think of that because an emotion 
an emotional response is almost exactly that. It's like a, an alarm yeah. to, to tell us that something might be happening. So like when you hear a fire alarm, the first thing you do, as we're all taught to, is to check those things. Do I see smoke or smell smoke? Do I see fire? Do I feel heat? Yep. Do I hear, you know, crashing, crackling, you know, mm-hmm. fire sounds? So we're always taught to check that first and not to panic. And, and it's funny because when we have an emotional response to something, it is kind of like a panic. Like we go into fight or flight, which is why yeah. we either defend or freak out or shut down. So we're either trying to hide and run away or we're trying to fight. Yeah. And yeah, so checking in with your senses. And that's a really good way to kind of get out of the panic mode and out of the fight or flight mode. Then you can move into peeling the onion. Yeah. Because honestly, like if you think about it, if you're in the fire, if an actual fire, like you can't argue with this fire. Like if there's a fire happening, you can't be like, fuck you, fire, stop. Like, the way that you respond, like you are going to want to take those. (laughs) Exactly. If you stop freeze, you're going to burn. So it's like that fight or flight, right? Mm -hmm. So if you take that time and you pause, you're like, shit, there's a fire. How can I get out of here safely and alive? Like freaking out doesn't solve anything. Does not help us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I like that, like when you talk about checking in with the senses, it's almost like it gives you that opportunity to cultivate a plan because that's what we do in those moments of crisis, right? People do amazing things in moments of crisis. They suddenly see things clearly and they're like, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this. People help each other out. People, all kinds of stuff happens. And so if you think about it in that way, your emotional response, even if it's in the middle of an argument with your friend, spouse, partner, family member, whatever, if you're in the heat of an argument, that is a crisis situation because Mm -hmm. it's it's an emotional crisis, right? So if you actually give yourself that opportunity to get grounded so you can cultivate your plan, your route, you're yeah. it, almost like an escape route. Yeah. Only we'll call it, we'll call it a, uh, a exit strategy. <laughs> there it is. An exit strategy, a moving forward plan, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, it, once you go through that senses check, it takes out the panic. So it kind of brings the emotion down for a moment. And in that moment of crisis, now you can see clearly and I, I think that that's a really good exercise, especially if you're in the heat of a conflict, because now that you've done that check and you're grounded, you might be amazed at what you come up with. It's a very empowering move to step, mm. to take yourself out of crisis and into your power, right? Like, yeah, they're not going to freak out. I know I'm capable. I know I can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's kind of the thing, isn't it? When we have those emotional responses, we feel like powerless. Yeah. We feel out of control. That's the, that's the funny thing about emotions. Like that's, and you know, on our topic of that's the power of dialogue. Mm. It actually can create such a sense of empowerment when you get to that place of, um, being able to communicate and create dialogue in a constructive way 
whether you're in crisis, whether you're in conversation, just being able to communicate who you are, how you feel, and how you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and you know, dialogue opens the door for greater intimacy in relationships with others and with yourself if you have internal dialogue. Yeah. And I think it just, because it really, it's, it's, I want my truth to speak to your truth. I want to share what is true for me with you so that you understand. And I want to receive whatever's true for you so that I can understand because we all have such, we're all so similar yet so different. And so, yeah, like it, it, it is about the empowerment and it's about that, that sharing of truth and that, that intimate connection of like, I see you, I hear you, I understand you. And even though you're different, you're welcome here. You know, Mm. it's powerful stuff is powerful stuff. So final thoughts, Jamie, on our conversation of dialogue today. So my final thought is in this experience as humans, dialogue is power. And I'm trying really hard to rack my brain right now. There's like a poet or philosopher out there that says the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm. When it comes to dialogue, that's so true. There's so much more power in communicating your truth and allowing someone the space to communicate theirs. There's so much power in that. And the feeling of intimacy and connection that comes with that kind of sharing is just, it's like the Mm. ultimate. I mean, because all we want is love, safety, and belonging. What could give you more love, safety, and belonging than that? those moments of sharing with another human being? Yeah. And being really conscious that like on that, um, that term, the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm. Words can hurt far more than that, that physical injury. Mm. So that taking time to reflect on the response that you want to have is so powerful. It's so important. Yeah. Cause like you said, that's spitting venom. That shit can hurt. Can words cut deep, guys? Words words cut can deep. hurt and they can heal. Yes. Those are epic final thoughts. Words can hurt and <laughs> words can heal. Choose wisely. <laughs> Choose wisely, friends. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/rwrlpodcast to stay in touch with what's coming up. Also, remember to subscribe and tell your friends. Oh, yeah.